0: So let's see everybody warm up, get to it. let Hello? Hello? <laughs>
1: Thanks for tuning in to Seeker. Season one is the Book of James. We decided to kick off this podcast with the Book of James because no matter what your background or what your experience is with uh, Christianity or the Bible, um, this is a very accessible way to understand what it means to be a Christian. A cup- oh yeah, if you frost a muffin, it becomes a cupcake. It becomes
2: a cupcake. <laughs> a magical transformation. Hello. Beautiful. Is
0: it like yeah? What's what's the Catholic thing called when the... transubstantiation? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's cup, it's cup. alchemy. Turn this muffin <laughs> into a cupcake. Cup, cup transientiation Substantiation. <laughs> it's falling apart on you. And <laughs> and I know where you're trying to go. Nice. You're just not I didn't have a lot there. of sleep. I, was <laughs> <there>. I already <laughs> couldn't remember Steph Curry's name. It's gonna be a rough one. It's <laughs> be a rough one tonight. So we're in James. Yep,
1: we're on the home stretch.
0: Epistles in the New
2: Testament. Maybe you've heard of it. (laughs) Chapter five.
1: Chapter five.
0: Are we gonna eat the cupcakes?
1: We should eat the cupcakes. Maybe like at our stopping point. After we
2: talk about James, because this is where he starts (laughs) ranting. I love it when James starts to rant right here.
1: Yeah, we do have to kind of fit James into this
0: discussion. (laughs) At some point, we're gonna squeeze in something about James. I agree that this this is uh, he steps on the gas. Well, it, at any point, if you ever thought that like you were safe <laughs> and you're okay, you got it covered. James does a really good job of saying, if you made it through chapters one through four, it's on for five. You are not safe. So, let's hop in.
1: But there's got to be some kind of like, positive, redemptive something in there too, right? Oh well,
0: th- well that's, that's <laughs> the, that is the redemptive and very good part about five, and you're gonna it brings the back jump right to the middle. But I mean, one of the one of the coolest parts of five is that he makes you remember the importance of prayer and the importance of community. It's the importance of community is huge, mm-hmm. right? For all those who. obviously are struggling and you know having a tough time he helps you remember that there's power in prayer but there's also power in community of believers uh to strengthen edify like build you up and um we're gonna get there uh but it's big, but but it's good though, because James literally punches you in the face and catches you at the same time. It catches the back of your head, <laughs> and that's that's the thing. That's the power of the gospel is that it goes, oh, and I got you. Um, but it's good. Let's read a little.
1: Chapter five, verse one.
0: You are you are the official reader.
1: Okay, <clears throat> let me put my reading voice on. Verse one. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries which are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments have become moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver have rusted and their rust will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire. It is in the last days that you have stored up your treasure. Behold, the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields and which has been withheld by you cries out against you. And the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Se- Footnote says, this is the Lord of hosts. We'll go with that.
0: (laughs) It's not even in my Bible. I
2: think the implication is the Lord of the armies of heaven. There you go. I think that's what that word means.
1: You have lived luxuriously on the earth and led a life of wanton pleasure. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You've condemned and put to death the righteous man. He does not resist you. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. You too be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. That's a good stopping spot.
2: That is a good stopping spot. That's where James really lays in. You gotta kind of read this with sort of that uh, kind of wild-eyed... I always get the feeling that James is kind of yelling at this point. That he's really... He's just ramping it all the way up. Come now, you rich weep and howl! I mean, that imagery is so vivid and so visceral. Where your gold and silver are corroded, and that corrosion is a witness against you. And will eat your flesh like fire, the new King James says. (laughs) And that the Lord of the armies of heaven hears these complaints against you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the day of the Lord is at hand. And verse 6: you have condemned, you have murdered the just. He's not even resisting you, and you're you're doing these horrible things to your brother. This is how you're behaving. This is this is how you're acting to those people around you. And where have you put your confidence? Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount don't lay up treasures on earth lay up treasures in heaven you lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust decay and where thieves can steal and James is bringing this very imagery in when he's talking about your riches are corrupted your garments are moth eaten Mm -hmm. and he's just James is just full on it's just like he's just (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah well i mean it's just yeah it's you know it's just he's blasting the the materialism that we're consumed with oh you with know, both and, barrels and we're totally. just as guilty today as i'm sure anyone in all of history has ever been guilty of this right you know and we're, we're i mean of course none of us think that we're rich per se but we certainly are right when we went to Costa Rica last year, Julian, this is the first time I'd ever had a chance to really travel abroad and try and do anything like a mission, and I didn't realize how much of a difference it 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 made. Basically, the, I, I never. I guess it, it gave me a new way to see what rich was. Because mm. um, even in Costa Rica, when we were knocking on doors in just different neighborhoods, um, you know, Caesar was he was saying, "Oh yeah, this neighborhood's not very good. You know, we're not getting a very good." you know, n- number of people to talk to. And it seemed like we were talking to people left and right. And and I was, was kind of confused. I said, oh, really? So you mean it's better other places? And they said, yeah, this is kind of a, a nice, nice part of town. So uh, it's like if you go out a little ways, you're going to get a lot more response back, you know, so I was thinking, wow, okay, that's crazy. You can see an actual tangible difference um, just in the level of kind of the nice part of the Costa Rican village or town versus the not. Oh, yeah. and, and then you see that translate, well, that, it makes sense because in the U.S., you knock on any door in the U.S. and no one's gonna answer, period. Oh yeah. So it's just crazy to show like that level of richness, even though we aren't, we don't think of ourselves as rich. Um, man, it's crazy how much that perspective changes
0: it's yeah and they see you see the value of the gospel and you see the like the value of <clears throat> uh and the worth of something that can save you if you remember like the first couple of days is where we went to like the nicer neighborhoods in kind of middle of the week to the end we went to some areas that weren't as nice mm-hmm. and man you if you're just walking by the door they're like hey, hello chaos," hey what are you doing like come on in you know and I remember we studied with, with these two ladies and, um, they really, they really didn't have anything. I mean, you could see their kids were playing like with all playing with one toy, you know, it was, they really didn't have anything and they were inviting us back, like, come on back tomorrow, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, because they could really see the worth and they could see the value, uh, in the gospel, and in the Bible and spending time talking about spiritual things, it was so refreshing to them, you know, because it, it provides hope. However, those who thought they had everything, I mean, it's all about what you have. And if, if, you know, the other groups, the first groups, they have cash, they, they find it valuable and they think it gives them security. It's like, what do you really have to offer me? That's going to help me any more than I mm-hmm. already am. Already got that covered.
1: Yeah. 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 I've already filled up my heart with these material things, like the the worldly things. Yeah, there's no more room in my heart for spiritual things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. James would, James would yell at him. James would yell at us. That's something that I think about a lot. Is as a
2: 21st century American, I think about how fantastically blessed I am, just by the circumstance of being able to say that, that I can. I don't ever worry that if I flip a light switch at my house, the lights aren't going to come on. Mm -hmm. I don't ever worry about the condition of the the pure drinking water that comes out of the faucet. I don't ever worry about not being able to go to a grocery store and buy whatever I want to eat twenty four hours a day. I don't like. I take that stuff for granted every single day of my life, and it it. I think it generates a level of complacency that we have to be on guard about. That we because when Jesus says, "Do not worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear," as a 21st century American, I typically don't worry about those things. That's not a concern of mine. Okay. So what am I worried about? Am my is my is my focus on? seeking first the kingdom of God? Or am I so complacent that I don't have to worry about those things? Is that sort of an essential component? Not an essential component, but does it sort of teach us more about faith when we do have to sort of think about those things, when we're in in a situation where those things aren't a given? Where those creature comforts and those, you know, that incredible richness that we're surrounded with every day of our lives, when those things aren't there and people, you know, the overwhelming majority of the world does worry about where their food is going to come from or where their drinking water is going to come from. Or, you know, if they're going to be able to stay warm at night and stuff, does that sort of, does that act to sort of increase our ability to have faith? Our capacity for faith, I guess, is sort of the question, and I worry that in my physical complacency, and my material com- security that I have, that maybe I've somehow lost some capacity for faith in in a spiritual sense. Does that does that make but, any sense? Well, maybe
1: that's why you can kind of enjoy when you face various trials. You know, that's a reason to be able to because that really puts things back into perspective for you every time you go through those trials, right? It's like a, it's just perhaps, well, I don't know if it's an unintended consequence because maybe that's part of the purpose of trials being in our life is to help us to know that we can't just rely on ourselves, that we have to put our, our faith into a higher, um, a higher power, you know, and just let the Lord take care of us in those moments, right? Yeah. And...
0: It's interesting. Those are the moments that make you pick the phone back up and call call God. Here's what happens. You have everything. Everything's covered. Every bill is paid. You don't worry about these things. We fulfill what Jesus is looking for when we say, do not worry. But I'm not sure that that we fulfill it in the right manner. We fulfill it because we're confident in our ability to go to work, make money, and do the thing, get it done. We, We... but we don't pick the phone up and talk to the lord because it's covered. But we think it's covered because we think we did it. However, mm-hmm. you know, what James is going to say later, not only is like is anyone in trouble or are they sad, you know, you know, but he says if you're happy sing a song. In the same sense when we have everything, like we should be so thankful to the lord, like the communication line should still be open. If the communication line is open with the lord even when things are great, and everything's covered, um, then, th- then we're also gonna have this spirit of thankfulness that puts us kind of back in the right relationship. But we almost don't have a relationship sometimes. I, you know, I'm just getting really broad. But sometimes it feels like we don't really have as good of a relationship if everything's going great. When we have tragedy and we have trials, then we pick the phone back up, mm-hmm. and then we get really close to the Lord. And we start praying, and we we get really thankful. Um. And then he provides, and then we're like, oh, you know, I knew the Lord would provide, but the Lord provided before, but we don't see it because we assume it was us, you know? Right. Um, It it is very—I'm with you. We have to be mindful of it and really work hard to be super thankful, even when we have all that we have.
2: I think James is is kind of always coming down the hardest on— those who see themselves in some way as being better than other people in whatever respect. In uh, chapter 2, when he's talking about um, showing partiality and how when the rich man comes in, they they give him the best seat in the house and the poor man gets shuffled to the back. Mm-hmm. And when he says, God's chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and you've dishonored the poor. and he, There's this constant thread of tension against... Where the, those who are in some sense better off than others are are pretty clearly, I think, warned to always be on guard. And so anytime I read what James is saying about those, I, I can't not put myself in that boat. Mm-hmm. Just because if you look back over the history of the world, I am far richer than right. 99% of the people who have ever lived and probably more like 99.9% of the people who've ever lived. Brag about it. Well, I'm just... just, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> by, simply, again, by virtue of being a 21st century American, just by being born in this time and in this place, this culture that we live in, we're surrounded by it. We can't not be right. that way. Right. I, considered with like what a 16th century peasant would have gone through in Europe, or a 5th century sub-Saharan warrior tribesmen, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. If you think about it like that, we sitting in this room talking on these microphones are just fantastically wealthy. So when I read these passages and when I read Jesus talking in the Sermon on the Mount, telling the rich young ruler that you have to go and sell everything you have and then we'll talk, um, I can't not apply those directly to myself just because of the circumstance that I find myself in. Like Those passages take on extra meaning to me because when you think about the people who followed Jesus for three days because they were hungry and they were just hoping for a meal, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm astronomically wealthy. I have the wealth of kings at my disposal compared to those people. And so these passages always hit extra hard for me because... When James says, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you, that means me, and that means that I need to be extra attentive to what I'm doing with those blessings God has given me. Mm-hmm. And if those blessings come simply by virtue of circumstance of being born in this time in this place, so be it. That's my situation, and that's what I have to deal with. So I have to steward the that that blessing that gift in a way that glorifies god and serves those around me right. and so this passage of james where he's just tearing into the rich people he's tearing into me and probably with very good cause mm-hmm. so i get a little bit i get a little bit strident about it because i really think that it's something we have to take extremely seriously and try to find out how it is that we can best steward that those blessings god has given us
0: to his glory and to his credit and his honor you talked about one of the other chapters in light of um, how much opportunity there is in in what in what appears to be again james punching you in the face it's really an opportunity like, this speaks to tremendous opportunity. Your gold and silver have corroded, right? Because you've held on to them and you've like tucked them away, and you know, it's corroded because you've tried to hoard it. Mm-hmm. That's why it's corroded. It hasn't corroded because you had significant wealth and then you went out there and tried to do good with it, right? Uh, because you wouldn't see it. And that's the point it's it's like yeah you if you're willing to like jesus's uh many examples you know if you're going to be like the man who decides to build bigger barns because he has even more crops i'm going to build bigger barns for this and he says you fool tonight your soul will be required of you um but if he had you know a thank the lord um or decide to do something else give it away with his plenty you know that he already had he wouldn't have had a need for a bigger barn And I think we have to think about that. Like, we should not really have a need for a bigger born. But if God's going to bless us, we have the opportunity to bless other people. There's so many opportunities uh, to do that out there. And it it doesn't mean that, you know, Jesse's kids can't eat. Like, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really want you to eat posy, but there are other kids that need to eat more than you, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she, like, dies. And he's like, it's okay to lose a kid because we made sure some more kids could eat, right? You're totally blowing your responsibility. But, you know, on the same token, you know, as you bless others, you will be blessed. And you don't do that, so you will be blessed. But um, you are, you absolutely can be the extending hand of the Lord. Like, you can use. Blessings to bless others, so that people can see Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, right? Definitely, that is the point.
2: I think you said it when, when you, when James says you have heaped up treasure in the last days. When you said you've, you've kept it, you've held it back, you've tried to make it your own. Mm -hmm. When it's never ours, it's never our own. These blessings always come from God, and it's. I think you're right when you're talking about what you purpose in your heart to do with it. Are you doing, are you trying to serve God? Are you trying to show love and honor and respect to your brother and your sister? Are you trying to use those blessings, those resources, whatever you want to call it, um, to do good and not just to hoard it back and feel comfortable in yourself and feel like you've some sort of sense of accomplishment for, the riches that you've amassed, and, you know, your bank account's looking good, your IRA's set, you know, everything's going on track like it's supposed to be, well, you're on the wrong track. You're driving the wrong train, Mm -hmm. if that's what your focus is. And so, I just, I think we're on the same page, and we're talking about the same thing. Just my personal, this really gets, on like, it really makes me just... Pull up and stop and think and really consider what it is that I'm doing you know, with my life, with my with my money, with my job, with everything. Um, I think we're probably in agreement on that. I'm, I'm sure that you guys are...
1: Sounds like focusing. you're kind of disagreeing. But...
2: Are
0: you disagreeing with us? <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep trying to, and then I just
2: fall flat on my
0: face. I, keep just, agree. I can't do it. <laughs> I keep agree. No, I, I totally agree. Well, I think,
1: um, though, that what you said, I mean... I think it's important because you had talked about if, you know, if your IRAs on track and, you know, this and that's on track, well, then you're – maybe you're on the wrong track. Well, uh, you know, just – I mean, I, I think you do need to take care of that stuff, right? You do have to make sure that, yeah, you can retire and not have to figure out how to – you know, eat dog food or something like that to get by, right? Or burden
0: yeah. others. Or burden others. Always the thing, yeah. yeah,
1: sure. I mean just no matter what. I mean you have to be responsible, you have to take care of your family and you have to take care of yourself within reason. But then you know, but but that's not being rich. That's just taking care of basic needs and necessities. Right? Um the being rich is like you're laying up in store, you've got so much, you've got a surplus and you're trying to figure out what to do with it and you're taking advantage of it and and you're putting all your energy into that surplus.
2: Y'all are not good socialists, man. <laughs> not good socialists. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was. I was trying to find this passage uh, in in Matthew, but it's. I, you know, I always think of it like this. Um, it, we should always be willing to give when asked. There you go. Yeah. Jesus says it. It's in five uh, Matthew five or six. Um, that, that he says to anyone who asks, give right to everyone who asks of you, give. Mm-hmm. And if you ever find yourself in the position that you know someone is asking of you, uh, from a, let's, let's start with you know a monetary position, and, and you find yourself pulling back for the very things you just talked about oh, I got to take care of my 401k, I got to do mm-hmm. XYZ. I think that's the point that you have to hit the brakes and go, right. wait a minute. Is this later going to be one of these poor people who cries for help because they were oppressed? I'm not talking about somebody that, you know, has a, a odd circumstance and we are merely feeding their habit to be lazy and not keep up their end of the bargain and biblical commandments. But I'm talking somebody really needs it. And we find that, that we're pulling back. And it's not because, you know, we have to make sure Posey gets a meal it's because we want to make sure that we don't dip into the money we're going to go play golf with. Right. like That is the rub that we have to be careful of, right? Mm-hmm. Because that is our own self-indulgence opposed to somebody's real need. Right. Um, but outside of that, you know, it's uh, we we should just find it a joy to help and provide. And, and you know, the Lord is amazing to provide for us. Um, and even when we're in Costa Rica, you know, some of these families that you feel like have very little. Um, I, I ate with a family uh, one afternoon. We went to their house and um, they're, they're from Nicaragua. And we walked into their house. You know, it was like a kind of an apartment thing going on. It, it would remind you of like the projects, except no violence, right? It was a little rundown. Uh-huh. And we walked in and. Uh, you know the the room was super tiny, and there was like a plywood backing against my wall when I sat down. And there was a sheet across the plywood. And uh, one of the guys we were with, he walks in and he kind of walks behind this sheet. And I'm like, "What's going on back there?" That's his his room, and his room is literally just a piece of plywood that's been like kind of propped up. His room is behind there, and he's like on a cot. That's his room. And we walk down this hallway which isn't much of a hallway, and it opens up into the kitchen. The kitchen is basically all they have. They have the kitchen and plywood, and their house transforms into a bedroom at night. Their whole house. Just sleep where you can sleep. Right. Um. So, at you know, I'm having the same thought. I'm so wealthy. You're embarrassed of your house. I'm like, I hope they never come home with me, you know. Just my carport alone is, you know. <laughs> and... and and I sit down, you know, to eat with them, and and um, you know, the the mom is like you know, she's just like, gosh, she really wants to, to make you um, something to eat, you know. And we sit down, and of course I like coffee, you know, and they have great <laughs> coffee, and they're making coffee, I mean, they're just making all this coffee and they're making me these tortillas, and, um, and, and I'm watching them literally go to the end of what they have. Like, I'm watching last tortilla, last bit of flour, and I'm like, Right, so I'm here burning up all their food, and they are making it, and I can just barely understand some Spanish. But she's basically like, "Go ahead, make it. It's the end. Go ahead." And I watch them get to what I consider to be the end of what they have, like literally end of what they have, and I'm eating it, you know, and uh, and I'm thinking, like, it's it's what Jesus says, you know, about the widow who gives her last mite, opposed to you know the person who is like. Uh, gave out of their wealth Yeah, We give things out of our wealth And we feel really good about it And I'm not trying to beat us up But it's just to think about Like we give things out of our wealth And we go Phew, Glad I gave They literally gave out of their poverty that, that night Like everything they had I drank the last bit of coffee they had And I really don't know that they had any way to get anything else But they felt fantastic about it And I felt you know really humbled by it sure. You know and um, I don't know it's all, I always go back to that moment because I go wow now that's like given out of your poverty they're absolutely blessed for that and uh, you know when we went back this past year they were still there and it looked like everything was good so everything worked you know <laughs>
1: they found more absolutely you probably hit them up for more coffee
0: I actually did <laughs>
1: Hey, thanks for listening to Seeker. Find us at secretpodcast.com. Check out our website to get more information about the Seeker project. Also check out our blog and some other information we have there as well. Thank you, my friends. Have a good one.